Flat Black Plastic is the show on Mutiny Radio that you're listening to. Keep it listening. August 1934. Several months later, began to feel heavy and tremors inside of my womb. My breasts are full of milk. The child does not belong in my life, for I have too many people to take care of. I have already too many children. As D.H. Lawrence said, do not bring any more children into the world, bring hope into the world. There are too many men without hope and faith in the world. Too much work to do, too many to serve and care for. Already, I have more than I can bear. I sit in the studio in the dark, talking to my child. You should not be thrust into this black world, in which even the greatest joys are tainted with pain, in which we are slaves to material forces. He kicked and stirred. So full of energy, my child. How much better it would be if you had stayed away from Earth in obscurity and unconsciousness, in the paradise of non-being. My little one not born yet, you are the future. I would prefer to live with men in the present, not with future extensions of myself into the future. I feel your small feet kicking against my womb. It is very dark in the room we're sitting in, just as dark as it must be for you inside of me. But it must be sweeter for you to be lying in the warmth than it is for me to be seeking in this dark room the joy of not knowing, not feeling, not seeing, the joy of lying still and quiet in utter warmth and darkness. All of us forever seeking again this warmth and this darkness, this being alive without pain, this being alive without anxiety or fear or loneliness. You are impatient to live. You kick with your small feet, my little one not born yet. You ought to die in warmth and darkness. You ought to die because in the world there are no real fathers, not in heaven. Or on earth. The German doctor has been here. While he examines me, we talk about the persecution of the Jews in Berlin. Life is full of terror and wonder. He said, you were not built for maternity. I sit in the dark studio and talk to the child. You can see by what is happening in the world that there is no father taking care of us. 
We are all orphans. You will be a child without a father, as I was a child without a father. That is why I did all the caring. I nursed the whole world. When there was war and persecution, I wept for all the wounds inflicted. And where there were injustices, I struggled to return life, to recreate hope. The woman loved and cared too much. But inside of this woman, there is still a child. There is still the ghost of a little girl forever wailing inside, wailing the loss of her father. Will you go about, as I did, knocking on windows, watching every caress and protective love given to other children? For as soon as you will be born, as just as soon as I was born, man, the husband, lover, friend, will leave, as my father did. Man is a child, afraid of fatherhood. Man is a child and not a father. Man is an artist who needs all the care, all the warmth for himself, as my father did. There's no end to his needs. He needs faith, indulgence, humor. He needs worship, good cooking, mended socks, elves, a hostess, a mistress, a mother, a sister, a secretary, a friend. He needs to be the only one in the world. Wailing and your slobbering and your sickness, and my feeding you rather than his work, his creation. He might cast you aside for this love of his work, which brings him praise and power. He might run away, as my father ran away from his wife and children, and you would be abandoned as I was. It would be better to die than to be abandoned, for you would spend your life haunting the world for this lost father fragment of your body and soul, this lost fragment of your very self. There is no father on earth. We were deluded by this shadow of God the Father cast on the world, a shadow larger than man. This shadow you would worship and seek to touch, dreaming day and night of its warmth and of its greatness, dreaming of it covering you and lulling you, larger than a hammock as large as the sky, big enough to hold your soul and all your fears, larger than man or woman, than church or house, the shadow of a magic father who is nowhere to be found. It is the shadow of God the Father. It would be better if you died inside of me, quietly, in the warmth and in the darkness. The doctor does not hear the breathing of the child. He rushes me to the clinic. I feel resigned and yet deep down terrified of the anesthetic. Feeling of oppression, remembrance of other anesthetics, anxiety, like a birth trauma. The child is six months old. They might save it. Anxiety. Fear of death, fear of yielding to eternal sleep. But I lay smiling and joking. I was wheeled to the operating room, legs tied and raised, the pose of love in a cold, white operating room, with the clatter of instruments and the smell of antiseptics and the voice of the doctor and I trembling with cold, blue with cold and anxiety. The smell of ether, the cold numbness trickling through the veins, the heaviness, 
the paralysis, but the mind still clear and struggling with the concept of death, against death, against sleep. The voices grow dimmer. I have no longer the capacity to answer. The desire to sigh, sob, to murmur. Ça va, madame? 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 Ça va, madame?
Lone Wolf team, we're from the Bay Area. Thank you guys for coming out. Wild Hunt over here, they're on tour, they got merch. Come pick something up from them. We got some shit too, but grab something from them, they need it. Two more songs, this one's called Hell Yes, thank you guys.
song's called Deathless. If you know it, come up here. Thank you again for coming out.
the name of the band. So we were just listening to Not My Show, and that was a great band. And we're going to come back, and we'll tell you what band that was. I'm a dick. <laughs> I need to go look at the thing. We're at Bender's on a Saturday, and it's fun. You should come here, because uh, Counter Offer has delicious food, and Greg is a great chef. Uh, we'll be back with the next band, and I'll tell you who that band was after I ask them permission to be able to play them on the radio. This is not my show. Bye. It's Mutiny Radio. You're not listening online because our website is down. So the only people, the only reason we're doing the show is for these two real people right here. This non-comedian and this person who saw it on the Facebook, I can't believe that shit actually works. I was told Facebook is dead, and clearly it's wide awake. I am feeling not woke today. I no, I I have to tell you guys, I hung out with a five-year-old and two eight-year-olds today for seven hours, and that was way more enjoyable than the last open mic. Like, it was, there were 20 people over 21, and I prefer hanging out with an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and I wasn't even high today. Okay, thank you two for, thank you two real people. We're doing this for you. I was gonna cancel the show. I was like, fuck this comedy bullshit. I am out of here. I am done performing to comedians who don't wanna listen anyway. And they just like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna think about my jokes until the thing happens. Um, tonight's a little bit different because it's a hell hat. And that means that it's, uh, so this, this silly game derived from, there's only one time in my entire life of school going to Christian school that I ever felt smart and better than other people. All the rest of the time I felt like I'd never be good enough, Jesus was better, all the girls were skinnier, prettier, or had way, way more money, and better clothes, and I'd never be, I never got called on, I never felt good, except once in sixth grade, Mr. Middleton did this thing called impromptu speeches. And he put things in a hat and people had to go up to the front of the room and they had to talk for 60 seconds. And every single goddamn motherfucker in that class was terrified, terrified. And I was like, only a minute? Okay, I was in sixth grade. I had a good time. I was good at it. I'm telling you, I finished the minute and, I, and they were like, everyone else was like, they'd speak for 15 seconds and they'd be like, um, and I'm like yelling from the back, it says cats. You've never had a cat? Like, what's wrong with you? A kitten, a cat, an old cat? Your cat died? Anything. It doesn't even have to be funny. It's impromptu speeches. You just have to make your mouth move for a minute, and no one could do it. And I was like, this is my skill. This is real. Okay, so this is the hell hat, and this is a dead animal. It's been dead for many years, so don't feel bad. It's a um, long time, and it's filled with all kinds of hellish, terribly weird things on pieces of paper. I'll do it first so that you're not scared. And then, so, and the way it works too is you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can like go like this. You can be like, ah, fuck. Well, this one says audience prize. Woo! No, that's real. Um, hey, David, will you grab in the bag in the corner? There's a bag of lighters. Will you grab one? It's the audience prize. <laughs> no, they're mutiny radio lighters. I was prepared for this. Usually I remember to bring the weed treats, but I 
I forgot today because I was hanging out with children and they go that you know what that's a thing children love to go in your bag like they think they think your bag is their bag they're like oh you have a bag what's in your bag what's in my bag I'm like ah and they try to put things in your bag I have a sweatshirt and they just he just opens my bag to put it in the bag. if I would have had my boxes of chocolates I made these caramel I'll get them to you guys later but I made um coconut cream filled dark chocolate dipped and they had weed in them <laughs> I felt really good about it. I was like, I'm good at this too. I'm good at weed food. So I'll get I'll get you guys all back, I promise. No, 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 audience prize. One audience prize. So just sort of um do one of these, both of the two the two real audience. Give one to each of them. The, the two ladies in the room. Ladies, yay! Audience prize. So there's audience prizes in there. Okay, your worst your worst joke. Uh, how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Hold on, let me knock my dick out of this feminist mouth and we'll ask her. That's, that's my worst joke. <laughs> the other, the alternate ending to that is, how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Cats, 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 cats! Uh, are you happy with your body? Um, yeah, like, Externally, yes. Internally, no. I have this kidney issue because I drank Diet Coke in my 20s. Anybody else drink Diet Coke every six, six Diet Cokes a day for their entire 20s? No? Just me? Cool. All right. That's why I have kidney issues. <laughs> it's Diet Coke. I want to, like, sue them and be like, you didn't tell me. It wasn't safe to drink instead of water. Like, it's like the McDonald's thing, right? Oh, the coffee's hot. I'm burned. I get lots of money. Same thing. Audience prize. I don't I don't know what to give them. Uh, do you guys like weed? I just I just I just got some weed. I can give someone a nug of weed. Are you the audience? The audience? The audience people are fine. Okay. Oh no. See, I'm not. See, here's I'm not going to do this. One. I'm going to put that in for one of you because I don't want to get I don't want to get that. I don't want to get that. Coffee or beer? That's a dumb question. Obviously, beer. I don't believe in spending four dollars for anything unless it has alcohol in it. These idiots now walking down. I'm going to Four Barrel. Let's get a coffee that's hand dripped with the thing and it came out of the monkey's butt and then you ground it in the thing and then we get four dollars for the coffee. Not unless it has alcohol in it, you weirdos. Spending money willy-nilly, crazy kids. Are you coming to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival? <laughs> Clearly, I pandered. I wasn't supposed to get this one. I was supposed to leave this in for someone else. I'll put it back in the hat so we can remind everybody later. Uh, here's one. Uh, your worst tattoo. Uh, I have a lot of tattoos, and some would say that the PBR tattoo I got when I was blackout drunk on my 33rd birthday might have be the one that would be the worst. But I say nay. Uh, I also have, I know, right? Well, no, it's, right? But it's my, it's my second neck tattoo. I got a neck tattoo when I was 20, and it's, it's funny because I, I was teaching in school, and um, some of the kids in my class were like, oh, Benjamin, spot not cry later essay. And that's when I learned that I accidentally got a gang sign tattooed on my neck in the 90s. Fucking Norteño shit, yo. I got to smile now, cry later. I got this when I was 20 because I love theater. Like I was a theater student. I got my BA in theater from UC San Diego. And I go to the, I go to the thing and I'm like, oh, drama mask. I want them on my neck because I can cover it with my hair and my mom will never know. But little did I know that neck tattoos are sort of a gang thing. Like that's... <laughs> And then I actually got a gang tattoo. 
That could be the worst one. I love that one, though. This one, this is another accidental tattoo. I, I have a semicolon because I've written a bunch of novels, and they are pregnant with semicolons. I love the idea of slamming two ideas together that are sort of the same but disparate. And then I learned, and I got it on my wrist because I was like, I'm a writer, and I can look at it. So I learned later that people who try to commit suicide get this later. Like their life was semicolon. I'm like, I have an accidental suicide tattoo. I'm everybody. It's like I'm a gang. I'm a Mexican gang member suicide. Oh, and I have a Jesus tattoo. I have a cross with a heart and a fish in it. My very first tattoo because I wanted to get something that would be with me forever. <laughs> I used to be very zealotrously Christian. Uh, so my tattoos are a map. They're all the worst. Like every single one of them is terrible. Okay, last. Um, no, I still have time. So what's your next? Um, I'm going to get my dead cat, uh, tattooed on my arm, uh, like a, like a really cool, like black. If he was a gray cat with the green eyes, it'll be, it'll be like very lifelike, but I can't get it yet. Cause I would cry too much when I see it. Like I'm starting to get misty now cause I'm thinking about the cat. I'm sorry. I love that cat. I really, your favorite serial killer. That would absolutely be John Wayne Gacy. Clown outfits? Hell yeah. Make it fun, baby. If you're going to bite a dick off, like fucking be wearing a clown nose. Wow, wow. See, you're allowed to do this. You can just go through the hat and be like, whatever, I'm not going to take that one. I was the same one I had from before about coming to the Mutiny Radio. Con. Another audience prize. I'm not. I'm just picking weird things. Okay. Oh God! All the audience prizes are coming out at once. There's a different one. Ah! Okay. Um, this is fair. Your favorite musical? Does anybody else like musical theater? Are there some? Are there some tap? Were you a child tap dancer? Were you in some? Or no? You just like it, but you never like. But you can pot a beret like a motherfucker, right? Pot a beret. Oh, that's musical theater is all pot of berets, isn't it? It's it's just it's and jazz hands. Whoa! Uh, my favorite musical. Oh God, I have so many. It's difficult. My favorite musical that I was in was a chorus line, and don't worry, it was just community theater. <laughs> but I was Larry the dance captain, and they tried to change my name because Larry's usually a guy in the thing, and they were like, "We're gonna change your name to Laura." I'm like, "Fuck you! No, you're not. I'm Larry the dance captain," and I dressed like a militant ballerina. And the best part of this musical was that the whole first number, we just like walk back and forth in the front of the stage and watch all the dancers as they're facing the audience, as if we. And I was 23 years old, and I had the best ass. And I had this butt shelf, and I just walked back and forth. And for 20 minutes, everyone, so with the VHS tape, which is gone now, sadly, I got to like watch my amazing ass just walk back and forth. And I was like, this is, this is an artifact I need to keep forever. And now it's, now it's gone. I can only remember. I mean, it was like, you could, it was, I couldn't believe, I was watching it, I'm like, that's my ass? It was like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what, but that's, so that's why, um, Dance 10 looks three is my favorite. No, and, and they also, that was the musical where I wanted to sing more and the director was like, oh, Pam, you're Larry the dance captain because you can't sing. <laughs> They're like, you can dance, girl, but you cannot sing. And then I said, out of spite, I'm going to win the karaoke thing. And then I did. And I went down the street and I was with all the musical theater people and we were all singing karaoke together. And guess who won? Guess who won the contest? Me! And then I went to Sacramento and I won another contest. Yay! And then I went to the state karaoke finals in 1997. You know why? Because don't ever tell me I can't do something. 
Yeah, my best, thank you. My best decisions have all been made out of spite. That's pretty much like my life's mantra. Tell me I, good. Okay, so that's how the hell hat works. Yay! Um, it, it, we're in, we're sort of in a family situation right now, so I don't know who's going to go up next. So while I sing the song and other people design, got everyone make eyes at each other who's in the show and decide who's, <laughs> can you guys do that? There's four, there's four guys on the bill tonight who were like physically booked. Other people can come up too, no problem, but we're going to have the four guys who were physically booked first go up. That's, it's Dan, well, it's, so it's Dan Frank, Matthew Quirk, Luke Newman, and Chris Holstein. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. You guys make eyes at each other while we sing the song. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. It's good weed capital, thank you. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! It looks like Dan and Chris are going to have to Rosham for it. Unless you want, you're feeling the want, you want the desire to do it, then yeah, we go for it. <laughs> Rochambeau. What's that? You don't know what that is? Rock, paper, well, rock, paper, scissors, or, um, yeah, oh, cause we, that, I mean, it's its own, I'll put that in next time for the thing like, <laughs> Rochambeau or rock, paper, scissors. Uh, do you, uh, you want, but you're feeling a burning need in your loins to go up. Yes? Yes! Everybody's all the way from Albany, New York, and he flew all the way out here to San Francisco for who knows why. We're going to find out. Uh, put your hands together. He's very funny. Dan Frank! Hey, everybody. I'm Rochambeau. That's my street name now here in the mission. Um, I did something I'm pretty proud of this past week. Uh, I finally came out of the closet to my parents. And thank you. I told them I do comedy. They didn't take it well. It's a lot of you probably experienced in your lives. Like, it said the usual things like, are you sure you're not just like confused? Like maybe like give law another try, Dan. But I was like, I can't change who I am. And also, I'm gay. I just slipped that in. <laughs> now, when I told uh, my grandma that I was gay, she had the same reaction when I told her I do comedy. She was like, I don't care. <laughs> just don't involve me. I was like, got it. Don't write jokes about grandma or invite her to sex parties. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. What's this thing? Do? I'm going to take a thing that was already done. <laughs> audience prize. <laughs> you know, the thing about audience prizes, no. <laughs> Your worst tattoo. I have one tattoo. It's right up here on my shoulder, and that would be a bitch to show you right now. <laughs> For those of you on the radio, I'm wearing three layers and a Team Jesus t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. You don't know who I had to blow. <laughs> Jesus. 
but <laughs> that's who I got this shirt from. Someone at a, I wore this to a show and someone asked me what church I go to. And I was like, a Walmart? <laughs> I feel like a church that gives out these shirts. I feel like the people can't read. <laughs> Team Jesus. He'll lead us to victory. <laughs> All right, back to real material. <laughs> anyway. I was, uh, I went on a terrible date recently. Has anyone ever done that? So this is really relatable, okay? <laughs> Y'all feel for this. Uh, it was at this place called Suko Tai in Albany. Uh, if you ever go to Albany, New York, go to this place. Re actually, I shouldn't say, I hear the best Asian food ever is here. But comparatively, go to Suko Tai. Just never with this guy. He was terrible company. Um, I nearly said his name. <laughs> on the radio. John would have hated that. Um, I'll call him Steve. So I went on a date with this guy, Steve. Um, I order a beer and he's like, wait, you're having a drink? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, but why? And I'm like, cause you're yelling. And then when I finally get the drink, he puts his hand on my hand and he goes, you know that you don't need a drink to be fun, right? And I was like, listen, Nancy Reagan, I know I'm fun. I'm drinking to make you more fun right now. First date and he said that to me. And then I slept with him. I. That was very relatable, I could see. <laughs> no one else in here hates themselves. That's... <laughs> Did the bear make it no, it was just one. Then I started ripping sake bombs at... No. <laughs> no, no. Who is the best you at your core? It's really sad I have to think about that. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Audience prize, holy shit, you get another lighter. Or pot, or you, you don't want that, do you? No, okay. Good people, like Jesus. Are you coming to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival? Ha <laughs> ha, no. <laughs> That's actually my birthday week. I'll be celebrating it in Albany. I like San Francisco. You have a lot of hills, though. Surprised everyone doesn't have, like, toner legs and butts with all the hills you have to do around here. Really, I give it to all of you. You have something here called Drag Queen Storytime. You all know about this? You know about it? Yeah. It's a... Uh, Someone just told me about that. It's um, in Albany, New York now. One of my friends who's a drag queen there, Noelle Diamond, did it. Any of you who don't know what this is, it's like a drag queen leading a room full of six-year-olds in if you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yes, queen. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> And so strange at the same time, but 
No, it's really cute. When I heard that she was doing this, like she was showing all these kids about like, like introducing them slowly to drag and gender bending and LGBT stuff. I was like, this is literally what Christian fundamentalists think we do. <laughs> They're always going on about like the homosexuals have got your kids. I gotta teach them their ways and their songs. And then drag queens heard that and they were like, that's a great idea. <laughs> do you do business consulting? <laughs> Felt comfortable telling that joke in San Francisco. I did that at uh, the most redneck bar in upstate New York. Did not appreciate the fact that I was gay. As you could guess, <laughs> didn't read the room. <laughs> of the Duck Dynasty wannabes. <laughs> the hand soap in the bathroom was a bottle of Clorox. Because <laughs> Dial or Dove is just not mask enough. It's One guy at the back of the room shouted at me, Fags aren't funny. Get out. And I was like, oh my god, Dad? You came? <laughs> But it was just a drunk. Wow, that, I just realized how sad that is. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> it's supposed to be a blank, like the blank on What? Oh. <laughs> it just looked like really emphasized <laughs> with an underline. Like I was supposed to shout that to people I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, uh, Casey Anthony. I don't know. <laughs> Who's Casey Anthony? Girl. <laughs> she gives away an audience prize. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She killed her baby and now she's getting married again. Anyway, what are you doing? Yeah, that was a lot, sorry. <laughs> What are you doing with your life? This. And I'm happy to do it. What am I doing? I'm a piano teacher. Clearly. <laughs> Wait, you too? Oh, I thought you were pointing to him. Like, he was the other piano teacher. Oh, that would be a lot. I got to go through this jungle gym and then... Do I point it at it? Why don't you play? You're so close. I'll tell you what to play. Go. It's. Like, we could have conversations. <laughs> My entrepreneurial brain is going now. How much time do I have? Uh, one. one? Okay, I didn't know I was on a thing. 
That's why we went to the piano. Um, babies? There's a question mark for people on the radio. <laughs> it's like, do they exist? Are they people? Can they get abortions? Can, <laughs> can they get married or... No, all, everyone was silent at that. Not babies getting abortions. That was the taboo line. I shouldn't tell an abortion joke. That would suck the life out of the audience. Ah! See, this is my f friend's first time seeing me do comedy and slaying it right now with my abortion jokes. The most scary confrontation. <sighs> Jeff Sessions exit interview with Donald Trump. That sounded <sighs> real addicting to watch, like like drag queen fighting addicting, you know? Here, I'll do one more. I'm gonna choose one. Um I'm gonna rip his dick off. <laughs> Feel like one of the real housewives of New Jersey wrote this or something. Um, I, I was um, with a guy for a while in Brooklyn and he had a cock ring on. And I've never seen one of those in real life before because I'm from Vermont. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> the host and the one person from Vermont laughed. <laughs> I don't think they're legal there, but <laughs> um, afterwards, uh, I go to the bathroom and I come out and on the coffee counter is his cock ring with his keys on it. <laughs> so, sir, he doubled his cock ring as a key ring. <laughs> This is why I'm a germaphobe. Like, people are just throwing their cock rings all around the world in their Starbucks willy-nilly. I don't know why Starbucks, but I feel like that draws the gaze. And cock rings. Just throwing them around the world willy-nilly. No pun intended. Ah, and on that, my worst joke ever. <laughs> I'm Dan Frank. Thank you so much, Mutiny. Yay, Dan Frank. Easily besting the head, hell hat. That was, that was really funny. That was fun, too. You did like, you moved it around. It was fun. It's fun to see you this week. I've seen you in a couple places, and I've enjoyed it every time. And the cock rings. I don't understand. One thing I thought it was, I thought it was a ring. I thought it was like a jelly ring. I was at Burning Man and I thought they were giving out like these jelly rings with these little light up things on it. And I was like, and it was a little thing. And I was like, oh, it's like a ring. And I'm like, la, 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 la. and they're like, that's a cock ring. And I'm like, I'm but it was, it was, it was clean when I put it on my finger. Cause I also wouldn't, I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Your next comedian. Uh, the three of you want to make eyes at each other? Is everyone just going to, are you just going to look at that? You guys want to Rosham for it? Chris and, Chris and, and Quirk are going to Rosham. Chris and Quirk are going to Rosham. Ready to Rochambeau. Paper, paper, rock, paper beats. 
Everybody, he's part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. He's very, very funny. You guys are going to love him. Matthew Quirk. For Pam, that idiot savant. I mean, not because she does, like, some things brilliantly, but when she does something idiotic, it's to this, like, brilliant extreme. Like, you just can't outthink that accidental suicide tattoo. (laughs) Hey, come on in. Up in the audience by 50%. Tiny hands. I imagine this is a reference to Donald Trump in some way. That's what someone's trying to be clever by saying tiny hands. How about fucking our president, huh? Who doesn't like season three of Celebrity Apprentice, the presidency so far, huh? Riveting show. I'll tell you one thing. I don't give a fuck about Game of Thrones anymore. I mean, holy shit, what an exciting show. I mean, what will go wrong next, right? Apparently, there's going to be like one day or something where uh, both Pence and Trump are out of the country, like they'll both be flying the same day. And that'll be like, I wonder if we'll all think back on that one sweet day where there wasn't some panic-stricken fucking news thing that he tweeted out earlier that morning. We'll have like one clear day where the news isn't turning us on our fucking heads again. One can only hope. So I had a joke about tiny hands earlier. Way back when Trump was first running, I don't know if you guys remember that uh, he was like, people were blaming him for losing like $900 million on one business deal. And I was like, well, how do you expect him to hold on to $900 million with those tiny, tiny hands? (laughs) The hypocrisy of the left. Your inspiration. Well, I got to tell you, Mutiny Radio, I'm proud to be your inspiration. (laughs) I know you guys look at me and say, someday I'll be 51, living in a van, no visible means of support, in a dead-end comedy, no career, just open-miking it so I have access to toilets. Without having to purchase anything and don't look creepy. You're welcome. How judgy are you? I got to admit, pretty judgy. You got to grandfather me in on this. I was born in the 60s, man. Judgment was fine back then. It's part of the deal. I think we should bring it back, as a matter of fact. Too much non-judgmentally. Now we got all these soft kids growing up because nobody can criticize them for one fucking second. All these goddamn softies with their cushed-out lives. Yeah, you you admit... (laughs) No argument here, huh, pal? Because you got no backbone. I mean, have you ever, like use soap that wasn't antibacterial or anything like that? Because, I mean, eventually you're going to have to touch dirt and, like, the shock to your system, I'm afraid, might just wipe out your whole generation. 
straight Darwinism. I mean, you've managed to avoid touching bread and peanut butter this long in your life. I'm not sure how much further you can go, though. Anyway, I'm for bringing judgment back. I think that's like a highly underutilized... You know, it's like public shame. Like, we should have that now. We've gone fucking full Instagram on my life, you know, with every fucking completely boring motherfucker in the world, totally Instagramming every second, every thought, every inaneness. we got to start bringing back shame and shut the fuck up and judgment and harshness. Bullying, I think they used to call it. Bullying. It was great. I still don't quite get cyberbullying. Can't you just unplug that motherfucking thing? For the love of God. You know what you couldn't just turn off? John John Taylor. The bully on my block. You couldn't just ignore it. You couldn't put it on airplane mode. You had to deal. Favorite candy? That would be chocolate in general, right? Does that count? Do I have to get like a Jolly Rancher, be like real specific? Just like chocolate in general. And not like too much Americanized chocolate. I don't really want the nougat and the peanuts and everything in it. I mean like real thick chocolate, like single origin country chocolate. I know I'm harping on you millennials, but I do appreciate (laughs) what you have done for the chocolate market. In general, I did hear though that uh, because of global climate change, uh, chocolate will be extinct in like, yeah, in like 2036. Yeah. But (laughs) you're calling me a liar? (laughs) Sweet heckle, Pam. But I'm going to have to rely on science for this one. (laughs) Pam just outed herself as a global warming denier. Climate change denier. Part of the problem. Anyway, it'll be extinct in like 2036, I believe, was the year. And uh, I'll be in like my 80s by then or something like that. So... I'm cool with it. (laughs) Right going out on top. How do you party? (laughs) I know what you guys are thinking. Old guy, live in a van, no visible means of support. Not much, right? Couldn't possibly, but I'm about to set the three of you who don't know on fire here. I party hard. I probably arguably party harder than everyone in here because I am a semi-pro roller skater. I am a roller skating performer and instructor, and when I got them wheels on my feet, I throw down hella hard. You all can't keep up quite frankly. Not a one of you. Thank you. I party like it's 1979, fool. For real. 
And I can back that shit up. Everyone else here is just a talker. Uh, is alcohol bad? Yes, extremely, totally, 100%. It's actually the worst thing for us. Poisons every organ in your body. Look at the downfall of society because of alcohol, right? 60% of all violent crimes, alcohol. 100% of hangovers, alcohol. <laughs> Nobody's got to come back for that. Your personal Jesus. Uh, my personal Jesus was actually nearly a Jesus. He was this El Salvadorian guy, like, I don't know, 110 years old. He, he, nobody even knows how old he was. He was like, if you want to learn anything from me, you got to learn Spanish. I'm not learning English. He was like at one with like the plant world and can just deal with plants. Like he would work 16 hour days. He would punch in and punch out for eight hours, but he could just deal with all plants. He was a magical human being. As far as I know, he's still alive. One of his greatest skills was you could point to any random animal and he could tell you what it tastes like. Like he was just living like an Al Salvadorian survivor here in the Bay Area, killing turkeys and birds and squirrels and eating them. Just like what? You're fucked up. Do you have a plan? No, as expressed earlier, I'm 51, I live in a van, no visible means of support, in one of the most expensive cities. Yeah, I got a plan, actually I do have a plan. Uh, my non-visible means of support is I'm a handyman, and my idea is to become more and more useful because Armageddon's right around the corner, Peanut butter and bread, I mean, when we run out of soap, your first cold that comes through, you're just wiped out. And we're going to have to be left. All the coders are going to die off too, and middle management in general. And we're going to need to rebuild society and keep things functioning for the rest of us that survive. And I don't know if you guys know this about the plague, but after the plague, everyone who lived, their life got so much better. They're like, hey, fruits and vegetables. They used to, the king used to eat this shit, but now they're all dead. Yeah. As long as we still have chocolate at that point, I'll be pretty. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting more useful while the rest of you become more and more useless. Least favorite body part. That's probably the fatches. Do you guys know where the fatches are? So you know what love handles are? Right? A little bit right there. Well, when you get even larger, there's like a little fold that happens <laughs> between the armpit and the love handle, and that's the fatches. Other than that, probably the asshole would be next. I'm not into eating ass, the sphincter, the whole thing. I used to work in plumbing. <laughs> so that's probably 
That might actually be the worst part of the human body. Make it a good one. What lurks in the darkness? Ooh. Uh, I believe dark matter is what lurks in the darkness. Once again, science is the issue here. It's uh, apparently 80% of the known universe. Dark matter. Look it up. Actually, this is supposed to be one of those things like look into the human soul. It's supposed to hit hard with comics where he's talking about suicide and death and darkness. But, you know, under the bright lights of Mutiny Radio here in front of all my Mutiny Radio fans, how could I be concerned with the darkness when this is the greatest light I'm going to see until about 45 minutes from now when I'm at the Church of Eight Wheels roller skating again (laughs) under the disco ball. That's all I can seem to think of. All right, enjoy the rest of the show, everybody. Matthew Quirk, everyone. Yay! You got on a sweet roll there for a while. I was like, fuck yeah! Uh, Luke and Chris, you guys want to fight it out? You want to do the, do the thing? Do the bow shampoo. Oh, both scissors. Scissor rock. All right. So you won. So that means you can, you get to choose. You want to go up next or you want to? Everybody, he's part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, too. He's so funny, everybody. Chris Holstein. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Welcome to the show. My name is Chris Holstein. I'm going to pull from this hat. Before I do, I'm going to tell you a few like topical things that I need to just... These are like the things I have to tell you when I introduce myself. I'm Korean. I'm adopted. Everything I say is going to be related to that, I guarantee you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Jail story. Have you been? (laughs) Like at the club. Have you you been to jail? Oh, it's so dope. Uh, I haven't been to jail. I've I've been to a drunk tank once for being like at .07 under the limit. They said I was driving erratically. I was on the 380 exchange trying to cross over from 101 to 280. I wasn't driving erratically. I was driving, trying to transfer to my house. Uh, They pulled me over about a mile from my house, too, and they said, you're going to the drunk tank, like, five miles away. It was really dumb. Is this supposed to be funny or just storytelling? (laughs) No, I've never been in jail because I'm super square. Uh, I'm super uptight. Uh, It colors pretty much everything I do. Like, I, I don't take risks. I don't. This is, like, the riskiest thing I've ever done. And when I started doing comedy, people were like, oh, you're so brave. You're so brave for doing comedy. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this was <laughs> like, this was like during like the, the fucking Atlas fires. And I was like, you know, there's like people fighting those fires, saving lives. Those, those people are brave. They deserve medals. So there, there's no, I don't, I'm not brave. There's no, I'm never going to get a medal for anything except for like, uh, most continuous farts or, uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> there's no medal for this shit. Um, yeah, I'm never going to jail. <laughs> if I do, I'll hang myself. Uh, have you been in an earthquake? Uh, I think technically I've been on top of a few earthquakes, but nothing big. I, I missed like the Loma Prieta by a few years. <laughs> uh, these are great. Uh, <laughs> ever been in an earthquake? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I should have answered that. Oh, cool. The apocalypse, apocalypse, oh good, just spelled right, is upon us. What do you do? 
I'm really glad Apocalypse is spelled correctly because one of my pet peeves, again, I'm super uptight. So like when I see typos, <laughs> like, I get really upset. But Apocalypse is spelled correctly. Is that you? Yeah. Awesome. Did you, did, you, did you look it up when you spelled it? No, I didn't. Or did you? OK, cool. That's great. Most people don't. It's great. <laughs> A pet peeve of mine. Uh, the Apocalypse is upon us. What do you do? Um, a few years ago, I, I started getting into like prepper mode. Uh, per, oh, it was right after the November 2016, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got like a like an EPK. I have like rations in my car. I have like all sorts of weird things. But like, I'm not as equipped as Matt. Like, I have a knife. I don't know if I think I know how to use it. I've never stabbed anybody because again, never been to jail. Um, so I think if the apocalypse comes, I will try to survive. Um, I'll do my best. But I'm also like really squirmish about like bugs and animals and like anything like i can't i can't fish because i don't like touching fish or like putting the hook in the in the bait i don't like touching bugs um the idea of like anything every time there's like a dead anything i can't i don't i can't touch it like so i don't know how i'm gonna survive other than like canned meat and the uh <laughs> maybe stocking out inside of a walmart i don't know it's gonna be rough uh, but i have nobody touched my car i got like knives and rations inside of it <laughs> What I've always wanted. Wow. What I've always wanted. What have I always wanted? Um, that's a good question. Well, I'm up here. <laughs> uh, I do want some validation that like uh, the shit that I think of in my head isn't completely psychotic. That was actually a, that was a, a big motivator for me doing comedy. Honestly, like I, I wasn't sure because I do suffer. You know, I do suffer from depression and a bunch of other weird identity issues being adopted and Korean adoptee. And so um, me doing comedy was like a personal thing of like overcome this fear of like getting up and just like basically being naked, like saying shit that most people like, I, I don't, in a polite company, I'm not like, hey guys, you know I'm adopted, right? The people don't really appreciate that when you bring that to the, to the, to a conversation. But like in comedy, it's like, I can take that and I can turn that into a joke, which it is. Um, so what I want is just like some validation of like, or, or just proof that either, I, well, either way it lies. I might be psychotic, I might be funny, I don't know. I honestly don't. Uh, and so we're, right now we're working through that and trying to figure out like where on that scale, because I think it's a spectrum, honestly. Like you're either a complete raving psycho or you're really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, this is cool. Uh, hey, you guys, you know that Mutiny Radio is on Instagram. You can follow them at, at Mutiny Radio SF. Um, that was just a thought that came into my head. I was just like, well, you guys should follow Instagram. At Mutiny Radio SF on Instagram. You can get all sorts of updates about um, shows like this, where uh, two brave women came to support all these men, <laughs> finally. It's about time tired of carrying your asses around. Uh, <laughs> the last time you huffed and puffed? Um, pretty much any time I run for like five minutes, I huff and puff. I'm not in shape, but I think this refers to the marijuana? Mm -mm. Again, super straight. I don't <laughs> smoke weed, honestly. I've been meaning to come here and smoke, but I honestly haven't done it yet. Uh, that's not my vice. My vice is I do drink beer uh, and, and other things, but yeah, I don't I don't smoke weed. But yeah, I I don't think I can take it because like uh, like I ran a 5K like five years ago, and then like 
last week I walked my dog around the block and then I had to lie down for an hour. So uh, I'm very, very much dying quickly, like rotting from the inside out. <laughs> I like to say that I am the portrait of Dorian Gray. <laughs> uh, something you're proud of. Cool. Nothing. Um, that's not true. I'm not proud of anything that about myself. Again, part of like being depressed and having a identity crisis. I actually, I actually hate myself. Uh, but no, no, no. <laughs> I knew, I knew if I said that, I'd get that awe. That's funny. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very proud of the fact that um, despite coming from like a really whiskey tango family, I'm not whiskey tango. Like I've only been married once, and that remains so. <laughs> uh, everyone else in my family, like they go through husbands and wives, like they're uh, what's a good. They go through husband and wives like uh, like tampons, <laughs> monthly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Could be. The luckiest thing ever, Matthew Quirk, is he's a leprechaun. <laughs> we had a roast battle last week, so I'm just burning that one off. <laughs> uh, is there hope in the world? Oh man, these are really deep questions for comedy premises. Holy shit. I thought it was going to be like flatulence and, you know, like bowling. My two favorite things. Is there hope in the world? Um, I mean, in all seriousness, I got to go back to the end of Seven when Morgan Freeman says, uh, he says, a wise man once said. What? Doesn't that sound like Morgan Freeman? Is that a good Mar that's not a good Morgan Freeman? All right, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'll go home and work on it. Sorry, my Morgan Freeman isn't like up to your standards. <laughs> Jesus. What does he say? He says, uh, oh, yeah, he says, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I believe in the second part. Right. So it's worth fighting for, but it's a shitty place. That's pretty much true, I think. I don't know. Pretty much most things that cross my mind when like I don't really know the answer, I go back to like movies because that's like my. Like every th most references I make are, are based on movies. So like if I don't know anything, it's it's I have to refer to like oh did I see that in a movie? Like you know like I don't know how to fight, but I've seen a lot of Jackie Chan movies, so I think I could fight. Like I think I could just run like jump through that window safely and not hurt myself and like fight five guys. I think I can because I've seen Jackie Chan do it. I don't know. <laughs> There's so I thought there was like maybe five in here. There's so many. How much time do you, how much time do you spend making these? I'm sorry. I do love the irony that like, you're a total pothead and you forgot to bring the pot <laughs> <laughs> snacks. Like, no one was shocked that you forgot them. <laughs> uh, this literally just says yes or no. Oh oh, I see the underline. This is, I grew up in poverty. Is that? Are you underlining it or is, it, is this another blank? I grew up in poverty, yes or no? Yeah, we grew up in poverty. Um, let's see, poverty. Um, yeah, my mom, well, my parents got divorced when I was like four, and I got two siblings. And uh, we all stayed with mom for some reason. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was too young. Uh, so my mom had never worked before. She was a stay-at-home mom, with a, a homemaker all her life. So she had to go to night school and get a, like, a shitty minimum wage job, which back then was probably like $6 an hour. Uh, so yeah, we grew up in poverty. <laughs> it was super fun going to public school and uh, eating that like shitty government subsidized food. Uh, 
it was super fun getting made fun of all the time for like wearing thrift thrift store clothing and like not having Nikes and other things that uh I guess really cool kids wear. I don't know. I grew up in a very poor area too, which I always thought was weird. Like how do where are these kids getting these shoes? Like I don't understand because they lived in shittier places than we lived, but they yet they still had like name brand clothing. And I think that's important to some people. I don't know. It was never important to me. I still don't wear name brand. I don't even know what the fuck I'm wearing now. Like I have Adidas. That's about it. I don't know what anything else is. And I kind of, I'm very much like, I don't know. I grew up, I think because I grew up poor, like I don't really like logos and labels and things. I mostly wear like ironic t-shirts, which reminds me, Matthew Quirk. I've seen you wear that jacket so many times. It says sweater weather. And it drives me insane because I keep saying sweater weather or sweater wetter. Like they don't really rhyme in my, uh, just uh, again, like, you know, retentive, obsessive compulsive like thing, just like it bothers me so much. It should say sweather weather, right? No? No, you're not my arch nemesis! No, the guy with fleas is my arch nemesis. He's been scratching his beard the whole time. It's really making me nervous because I'm also a germaphobe. <laughs> uh, do you need to be rescued? Yes, desperately. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't need to be rescued. I'm married. Uh, so she's got my ass trapped. <laughs> uh, last pull. That's what she said. Uh, last pull. Have you killed a rodent? I have. Yeah. I used to work facilities maintenance, so I've killed plenty of rats. We had glue traps. It was horrible. I'd walk into the theater, you know, it was like in the AM when no one's there, and you just hear like baby rats screaming, and there's, there, there's just a colony of them stuck to a glue trap. And there's like nothing you can do because you can't. Yeah, so I've killed rodents. Uh, frequently, I've had to put them, put the whole entire thing. This is really dark. I've had to put the whole thing into like a garbage bag and then, and then like just basically drop like a bat or a weight on top of it. Because again, I'm not gonna like wring their necks with my bare hands because I don't like touching animals or anything. And also, they're dirt filthy rodents. Uh, and I'm very squeamish about that. Uh, yeah, I had I had rodents in like three out of the five apartments I lived in when I lived in the city too. Um, have I killed a rodent? <laughs> Super funny. Yeah, one time I <laughs> one time I was a cat and I was chasing this Jerry around. No. <laughs> All right, well that's super fun <laughs> talking about killing animals. I hope the ASPCA is listening and PETA. Those guys are super funny, too. they got great senses of humor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it back to Pam. Thank you so much. Christine, everyone. I'm sorry. I write these. So two weeks ago when I wrote the ones that were from the, in the last old batch, I was watching Little Nicky. And so there were a lot of things about hell. Right. But this time I watched Morgan Freeman. Funny you brought him up. That whole thing that he's doing on the Netflix about God and hell and does the devil exist. I was like, it's a hell hat. I'm just going to watch that. And then and then like things float through my head and I just write them down. And so this one was it's so funny that you brought up Morgan Freeman because I was like, he was totally he's so in this. But I mean, Netflix shapes all our lives, everyone. And Morgan Freeman is God. I've decided it's like it's just absolutely true. Uh, your next comedian, he's, a, he's just a lovely human being and a tall drink of water, and you're going to love him. Clap your hands together for Luke Newman! Thank you. Um, so, 
just want to start out by saying um, that uh, it's not that hard uh, to find the clitoris. Okay. So there's a couple in, in here right now. Just wanted to make that announcement. I don't know why. This is a sad uh, situation, I think. A lot of depressing topics being brought up. This guy wasn't afraid to, to get into it. I like it. I love it. I think maybe we should just all, I got an idea. Let's all just fucking kill ourselves right now. <laughs> just all do it right now. Cut the, cut the gas line and just lock, us, lock ourselves in. All right. Oh shit, there's lights and shit. Hold on, hold on. This is going, it's fucking, this is, we're just gonna light it. We're just gonna light up the room here real quick. Bring some positive, bring some positive energy. Okay, all right. Is everybody feeling better? All right, cool. Let's see. Tai Chi grandma's kicking ass. Um, so Tai Chi is the thing they do in the park, the, this one, I don't know what, what move that's called. Do they kick ass? I thought it was more for like a peaceful thing. Maybe they're kicking ass spiritually. <laughs> they're kicking some spiritual ass, those Tai Chi grandmas. And the, I think the, the grandpas are out there too. And I've seen some youngsters out there and they're kicking ass. I don't know what what uh, what direction that was. What was that? What that was supposed to prompt? <laughs> but right. roast another comic on the bill. All right, you ain't on the bill, motherfucker. <laughs> Roasted. All right. <laughs> All right. Who's on the bill, Matt? Uh, you know, fucking. Your, your sweatshirt is wrong. Um, you, you clearly didn't watch the, uh, the, the Chris Farley SNL sketch about uh, living in a van down by the river. You missed that one. We all saw that. Uh, you know, that's why I'm still living with my parents. Okay. Who else is on the bill? Oh, it just said one. I'm roasting everybody. <laughs> this guy, you know, get some Jordans. You know what I mean? Treat yourself. You know what I'm saying? You deserve it. You know what I'm saying? That was very, that wasn't a roast. Sort of backhanded, maybe. Who else is on the bill? Capital, you're not on the bill. Look like a fucking. <clears throat> look like a fucking. Fucking Eminem with with no chocolate. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, you're on the bill. Hey, why don't you relax? <laughs> um, you're not even worth roasting. All right. <laughs> That's just, that was the best roast I could do. All right. My worst nightmare. Um, it was a, it was a bad one. It was really bad. It was a fucking, it was a nightmare. Um, wonders of the world. Well, 
tell you. Let me tell you about the wonders of the world. There's uh, seven, I believe, of them. <laughs> and, and I got to say, they're fucking, they're wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're great. What is it? What do we got? The Grand Canyon? Just absolutely grand. It's a grand-ass canyon. Um, what are the pyramids? But that's not, but see, now what are the qualifications? Because the Grand Canyon is natural. The pyramids, the aliens built, you know. So what are the, <laughs> what are the, what are the, you know, the specs or whatever on that one? What else, what are some other wonders? The Trump wall? That's a wonder. Has that has that they put that up already? Oh, the Great Wall of China. That's one. No, it's not. The Asian guy would know. No, no, he's Korean. You don't know. The Northern Lights. It is a natural wonder. See, I think, you know, you know what, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck whoever came up with these seven wonders. There's way fucking more wonders than just fucking seven. The vagina is definitely a wonder of the world. You don't fucking agree? Jesus. Okay, good point. I don't know. I don't know. The penis is a wonder. Still trying to figure it out. Um, let's uh, pick another topic. All right. Whatever. What else is going on here? The last dream you remember? was a fucking nightmare. That's uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It was so, uh, let me tell you, that was the worst one that I've ever had. Write a haiku now. This is a good one. All right. Um, you know. This is more difficult <laughs> than... I fucking thought. <laughs> okay. But you guys, see, you guys weren't even ready because the I'm all right was part of the haiku. All right. I started before you guys were paying attention. I'm way ahead of the, the game here. <clears throat> Look to the birds of the sky. What the hell is that supposed to mean? What does that mean? Who's a who's a Christian in here? You you your team, Jesus. What's going on? What does that mean? Look to the no. Look to the birds to the sky. What is it trying to tell me, man? All right. Well, let's make something up, shall we? <laughs> look to the birds of the sky. Now, <clears throat> you know we are gathered here today. Um, because. You know, we all want to fly. And uh, and uh, we can't. And so let's just look at the fucking birds. And just appreciate them and just be humble. You know, uh, God didn't give you wings uh, for a reason. Okay? Because uh, he doesn't like you. <laughs> uh, aren't I right? All right. <laughs> the gay dude is... <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
he doesn't like any of us. Don't worry about it. All right. How you think you'll die? Um, probably fucking die a horrible death. I'll probably, you know, be fucking drunk and, uh, you know, walk out into the street and uh, this bus will be coming and I'll uh, shoot myself in the face. <laughs> All right, so a twist there. M. Night Shyamalan of picking shit out of a fucking hat. All right. Uh, your re- greatest regret. My greatest regret? Or my worst regret? Um, my biggest regret, uh, fucking, I don't know, I want to say probably doing this show, but that's not true. (laughs) That isn't even true. Um, my greatest regret, I mean, uh, fucking driving drunk, uh, for a second time and getting arrested. I mean, you want the fucking regret? That's the one. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're we're getting into it now. We're finding a rhythm. Right. Are you in the grown-up club? What is that supposed to mean? I can find the clitoris. <laughs> I think these should all be on the stage here. Keep it tidy. Oh, you do you want to be on the stage? All right. Okay. Um, I, am I in the grown-up club? Yes. Okay. After this one? No. All right. Where do you want to go on vacation? Um, you know, any fucking place would be a good fucking place to go on vacation. I haven't been on vacation in a long time. Actually, I just went on vacation uh, this morning. <laughs> Uh, unintentionally, my Uber driver uh, missed the exit, and we went to San Francisco <laughs> on accident. And it was a beautiful day, and uh, it was a hell of a fucking, uh, you know, h- half an hour vacation. <laughs> so I'd like to do that again, maybe. Let's answer the question that way. Um, thank you very much. Besting the hell hat. I, I, it, the premise is, I tell you, I just make them and put them in, and then there they are. So I don't know why you got all the ones about like death and hating yourself, and I don't know why yours were all about finding the clitoris. I have no idea. The, the Bible verses, uh, look to the birds of the sky. They do not reap, they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your fa- heavenly Father takes care of them. Basically saying, like, are ye better or not than birds? And I'm like, no, nah, we're not fucking better than birds. Birds are wet. Birds can fly. Fuck humans. Anyways, I don't understand that. The Bible verse is basically like, it's okay. Look, God takes care of birds. Food stamps is there for you. Your next, <laughs> I, I love my food stamps. Your next comedian, he's going to be, I'm going to give him a little guest set real quick because uh, he's been hanging out and he's been playing with his beard and it's been scaring people, uh, but that's okay. We're going to see what he does with the hat. Put your hands together, everybody, for Joey Vegas. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. 
Like the woman was saying, my name is Joey Vegas. <clears throat> thank you very much. Thank you. I, I would just like to announce the entire world tonight. I did it. 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 Well, I need to ask him. Hmm. Thing must be thinking. Hmm. He did it. What did he do? Well, I made it all the way up here where I'm calling it now is Sand City. It's such a beautiful city. I've always loved the city of San Francisco. And thank you very much for having me tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he said, huh. I know what you're thinking. He did it. He did it. Well, what else did you right? Well, and like I was saying, I did it, right? I learned a joke coming up this way. You know? What do you call a pile of kittens? A mountain. Right? You know, you're thinking, huh? He did it. He told a joke, right? But did he get me laugh, right? I'm thinking, well, I can just only think about the time I was back home. I'm not from here. I'm from the small town of Belico, California. Can you believe it? it it's up near uh, Belico, California. It's up near, uh, I would say, in Central Valley, you know. But like I was saying, I did it, right? I learned the joke. What do you call a pile of kittens? A mountain, a mountain, a mountain, right? How I learned it, though, right? Well, there was a boy. He was sitting there in the hate district. There in, sitting up on top of the curb right there. I threw him. I dug it in my pocket, right? Throw him a quarter, right? Little cripple boy right there sitting on the corner, right? And I hate. And I threw him a quarter. The boy was sitting right there. Didn't blink an eye, right? I, I dug all of my quarter. I gave him a whole quarter right out of my pocket, right? Dug in there, man. And you was thinking, was, you was thinking, oh, you know, maybe he, he would show you something, right? Maybe give me something, right? You was thinking. So I. You know, he's in there, right? I said, man, boy, what's wrong with you, man? I said, did you see me dig my, did you see me dig my pocket and give you a cold quarter, man? And he said, oh. He said, well, oh, well. He says, oh. He used to get real quick, right? He said, oh, well. I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are, right? And he was saying, uh, uh. He was saying, uh, uh. Let me, let me, let me tell you a joke. I know who you are. And he says, what do you call a pile of kittens? I said what? He says, I'm yapping. My name is Joey Vegas. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Google Plus. You can find me on Grubhub. You can find me on Postmates. Thank you very much. Thank you. Joey Vegas, everyone. He thought the open mic was six to eight, so I gave him a little time. So we are a very we are a free speech radio station. You can come up and say fuck the police for two hours. I don't care. That's fine. You can do that. Uh, your next comedian is gonna be pulling out of the hell hat. He's a lovely young gentleman, and you guys are gonna enjoy him very much. Clap your hands together for Hunter Uniac. I do because I have white privilege. That's why. Okay, no, no jokes. Let's see how this goes. There's stuff on the back of these. Can I just Projections of credit cards being used and debt, the theater of C-S-C-H-I-F-F-B-A. Yeah, no, I can't even read that fucking word. I'm going to do the actual jokes. Cracker Jack Rinky Dink. That's what everybody calls me. Fucking, I was wearing a Five Guys hat earlier. Like, uh, can you pass me my backpack capital? I want to show you guys. It's like, I was called a fucking Cracker Jack Rinky Dink because I work at Five Guys. And our hat's a fucking MAGA hat. (laughs) 
pretty much, you know. So I got off, Bart came down here wearing this shit in Mission Street passing by 20 fucking taquerias. Yeah, I have the fucking, you know, I, I'm a Cracker Jack, Cracker Jack Rinky Dink pretty much. It's just insane. It's just, God damn it, every time I wear this, I feel like I have white guilt. It's horrible, man. Cracker Jack Rinky Dink. That's a good insult. I'm going to actually use that. I will. But I'm going to use it against somebody who's not white just to throw them off. You know? All right. I see the people in this room. They're not going to like that joke. It's like, excuse me, sir. I'm one, too. All right. I built up two, so I'm going to put this one in my pocket but not read it. One of your moods. Um, I'm 24 years old, so the only mood, and I live by myself, the only mood I have is loneliness. You know? And horniness, and they just kind of compile together, you know, to like horniness. No, that doesn't work. I'm trying to like mix them together. Those words are just too fucking similar. One of my moods. That can also mean like, you know, when you're on like one of those moods, like when you're an asshole, you know, like going off on people. And I tend to do that a lot at work, you know, because everybody I work with is incompetent. Uh, yeah, there's nothing funny there. There isn't. One of my moods. You know what? If you guys don't fucking laugh at this set, I will be in one of my moods after. It's fucking right. Laugh. Sobriety. Fuck that. <laughs> sobriety. Again, I'm 24 years old and I'm a fucking comic. I don't know what sobriety is. You know, like how, like, I'll ask the audience, how, what's the longest you've been sober? Couple of hours? Once? You see, like, Pam's usually, like, one of the happiest, fucking bounciest, jumpiest people out there. Like, everything she says, you know, kind of, like, lifts me up. She said that like she was getting fucking interrogated for a murder trial. <laughs> you know, it's like, I did it six weeks once. Why? Because I was in jail. There was no fucking choice. <laughs> Jesus, sobriety. Sobriety's weird. It is. I, I'm going to go into something else. Sobriety's pretty much a four-letter word in my book. You know, I'll say it. I'll leave it with that. Get lost figuratively. Um, oh, that's literally, my bad. <laughs> figuratively getting lost. How would you figuratively get lost? I don't understand that. 